Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in God's house this morning? On the count of three, we're going to give out a hearty amen. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. So stand to your feet if you're able. We still got people coming through the foyer and they're trying to find a seat. And we're just letting them filter on in here. We're going to stand to your feet if you're able. We're going to stand to your feet. Pastor Steve. Yes, sir. Can you tell them to stand? Stand, stand. Please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet as you're ready. Here you go. Going to kick it off in your hymnal number 750 with a fun song called Peace Like a River. We sing it a little different here at Utah Baptist Church, but you'll catch on. Peace Like a River, 750. teaching that. You can read the rest of the um, 
Let me read the rest of the bulletin here. Men's breakfast is July 22nd. That'll be fun. Um, Women's fellowship potluck, July 29th. Wow, there's all kinds of things going here. So, yeah, just uh, we're just glad to have you. So, yeah, let's continue worship this morning with the song that's in your bulletin. This is praise chorus that we printed out and stuck the words in your bulletin called "He Paid a Debt." And let's be sharing this this morning. Just uh, have a little fun lifting up Jesus this morning because He paid a debt for us. If you don't know it, it goes like this.
God's house. Look at, in your praise book 22. Where could I go but to the Lord? In your praise book 22. If you're able to stand, go ahead and stand. And let's just share in this this morning. In your praise book number 22. Yeah. 
the guys can come forward and take our offering now. Kids can be dismissed to their classes. Isn't it wonderful to be able to worship the Lord? You know, I was reading a, uh, a deal this morning from Voice of the Martyrs, and it was their monthly magazine, and it was talking about Tanzania, which is in Africa. And it, the, the people that reject God come into these churches, into these communities with, uh, 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 what do you call a big long knife? Machete. Machete, thank you. They come in with machete and they kill people just because they're in church, just because they're worshiping God. Isn't that crazy? And yet we here, we can worship God just on our own, openly and on, in our own free will. So. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for this country. We do pray for it, Lord God. And we need a lot of help, Lord God, from your spirit. There's nothing that will help this country except a revival. And we pray that you will indeed revive us in this country. And Father, we want to thank you for that. Thank you for this offering, Lord, that you would uh, increase it to the good of this community and the good of this church. And we just pray that we might be able to serve you in spirit and truth. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my. 
They'll have me kicked to the curb here in no time. cowboy in the making. Yeah, that's awesome. That was, that was wonderful. You know, don't tell me that going to church doesn't make a difference. Yeah, that's, that young man is, he will, he will remember that for a long, long time. And, uh, and if any of you think that you can come up here and do that and not be nervous, come on up. Yes, yeah, come That's right. As a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's aged, I haven't. That's awesome. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for being our Father and for your word, for everything included in that, Lord, for the promise of heaven, for just always, always being with us and taking care of us, Father. You are indeed the great Father of, of uh, all believers. And we wish you would be happy today uh, hearing our worship and as we study your word. And so, Father, we just pray that you'll bless us. We invite your Holy Spirit to give us understanding and discretion, knowledge. And, Lord, we just thank you for everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we've been talking the last several weeks about keep watching. Well, I'm going to interrupt that series, which will continue on, because I thought, you know, and I normally don't do this, but Father's Day, I really wanted to talk about our Father God. Okay? And so, that's what we're going to do today. Uh, you're welcome to turn to Matthew chapter uh, 6, and uh, we'll be in there for just a little while. But before I do that, I want to ask you a question. So tell me, what does Suresh Krishnan, <coughs> Laura Blyler, and Joe Serbert have in common? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> On June 15th, last week, okay, on Jeopardy, there was a question. Here was a question. Answer this, what word is supposed to be in there. And they put on the screen, they said, Our Father which is in heaven, this be your name. And so this was what they were, none of the three contestants could get it. None of them. And yet they were answering mundane questions about all kinds of history and all kinds of, just like that, and they couldn't get, hallowed be thy name. That, that uh, I didn't watch it, I just watched the, the, what the, they said on the news. It was on the national news, it was amazing. Um, they, were, they were of age where they should have known that, but uh, they, they didn't, so, yeah. So we know it, right? Yeah, and we'll study it. Let me read chapter, Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, 5 to 15. In fact, I'll be starting chapter 6, yeah, verse 5. And I want you to think about the components of this prayer, okay? Here's what it says. So Jesus has been talking about loving your enemies. He's been talking about giving to the needy and not making a big show of it. And then he talks about prayer in chapter 6, verse 5. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees that who sees let me see here then your father oh I turned too many pages thank you <laughs> then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you I love this next verse because being a Catholic former Catholic 
Um, I don't know why they didn't incorporate this verse with the following prayer, but they didn't. It says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So this prayer that we're going to read, you all, I'd be willing to bet a $100 bill that you all know it, okay, or at least have heard it. And so I want you to think about this not only as a prayer, okay, because it is a legitimate prayer if you mean what the words say and you think about it. If you just babble on and uh, just say it, because I remember when I was in high school, we'd go to confession, and the priest would say, well, I want you to say uh, ten, 10 Hail Marys and five uh, Our Fathers. And boy, I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't have an answer to be lame. You know, you try to say it as fast as you could just so you could get out and, and, and do something else. Can anybody identify with me on this? Yeah. There's a few, okay. Yeah, okay, good. So we're not going to do that today, okay? So Jesus says this in verse 9. He says, this then is how you should pray. Now, I want you to notice six different components of this prayer, which I'll go over with you. Our Father, which is in heaven. Okay, that's worship. Hallowed or sacred be your name. That's reverence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's God's plan on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, that's personal need. Forgive us our debts, that's spiritual needs, as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, that should be translated here trials or tests, but deliver us from the evil one. And then your version may have uh, additional words in it. It says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So let's look at this prayer real quick. And the first component I want you to see is God's person. God's person. It says, Our Father. Now, God, if you're born again, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is your Father. And if you... If you look at the original Greek word for father here, it's Abba. And Abba means dad. Okay, it means dad. It's a very personal, very um, uh, loving uh, title for, for God. You know, here's God. We haven't ever seen him. We don't know what he looks like. And yet, he's all-powerful, all-knowing. He is the creator of the universe by speaking the word. And yet, the prayer that Jesus Christ tells us to pray is, our dad, our dad. You know, we are the children of God if you've been born again. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Amen. To be a child of the living God. Amen. So point number one is God's person. It's interesting because there's only 65 words in this prayer and that they cover a multitude of spiritual truths. God's person, let me, let me tell you, do you remember when Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was laying prostrate on the ground and he said, I am to the point of death. He was very close to death at that point because of the stress that was upon him. He'd already been uh, betrayed. The, the, he knew that the guards were coming. He knew that the next day he would be nailed to a piece of wood. He knew that he would suffer for six hours, three of which would be in utter darkness. That's how long God took to judge our sins on the cross. And when he was laying on his face, and he told his disciples to watch with him, and they fell asleep, he said, Father, if this cup could pass from me, let it be so, but nevertheless, I want never nothing less than your will to be done. And when he said Father, he said Abba. He said Dad. Wow. To me, that's amazing. 
Romans chapter 8, and you don't have to turn there, just relax and listen. Romans 8 says this. It says, and listen to the, to the words here. This is amazing. Paul writes, I'll be in verse 12, Romans 8, 12. It says, therefore, brothers. So he's talking to Christians here. We have an obligation, but not to the sinful nature, to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. He says, for if you live according to, uh, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I'm not, I haven't even got to the, to the point I want you to see. It says in verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. <clears throat> Perfect love casts out all fear. But you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. It says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now, if we are if we are children, then we are heirs. Listen to this. We are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Do you know how rich Jesus Christ is? He's the richest. Okay, he's the richest. God has given him an inheritance. His inheritance is not only us, but it's all power, it's everything. And it says in the Bible, I just read it to you, we are joint heirs with Christ. What God gives Jesus, he gives to us. Because we're joint heirs with him. That's amazing. Listen to this last verse I want you to consider. He says, Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Our Father, which is in heaven. Boy, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to read something out of uh, the book of Revelation. We're going to get a blessing in Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus gives the seven letters to the churches. And in Revelation chapter 4, we have a perfect example of the rapture. The rapture of the church. Which, by the way, is coming soon. Okay? Listen to what John sees and hears. It says this. After this, so after the letter to the seven churches, he says, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Now we're going to see this, something like this, when the rapture happens. He says this. I heard a voice speaking to me like a trumpet which said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper, that beautiful green, and carnelian, that's a bright, beautiful, deep red, a rainbow resembling an emerald, in the Bible here, that's indicative of a diamond, a pure diamond. Encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. And also before the throne, there was what, what looked like a sea of, of glass in crystal. Man, oh man, oh man. I've been watching television, uh, the Weather Channel, you know, where they, 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 they give pictures of these storms. Man, some of these storms that's happening in the, in the Midwest and the lightning and the thunder and the tornadoes and... Here, it gives us a glimpse of God's power, and yet we're to call him Abba. We're to call him Dad. 
And that's not being disrespectful either. Well, part one, okay, is God's, uh, God's person. God is God. He's the only God, true God, in the universe. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God's name is sacred, and we must uh, respect that name. I'll tell you, I, occasionally I will hear someone say, you take the name of the Lord Jesus in vain, or I'll hear the name of God in vain. But you know what you don't hear? Buddha, damn it. <laughs> or Hare Krishna, darn it. You don't hear that. Why not? Well, because they're not God. And the human, the human old sin nature is enmity with God. Right? And that's what's in us. Oh, Buddha damn. <laughs> I wouldn't that sound strange. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, sacred is your name. You know, it says in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 20, it says this, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Your name, if you're a believer, your name is written down in heaven. And guess what? God doesn't have an eraser on the end of his pencil. Okay? If he did, man, I'd be erased and then put in and erased and put in and, yeah, etc. So we think about God's person. Let's look at God's purpose. What is his purpose? It says, your kingdom is coming. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, this will not be fully uh, fulfilled until the millennium. Because during the millennium, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, will be reigning. He'll be sitting on David's throne in the capital city, the city of Jerusalem. And he will be reigning and ruling in righteousness and justice. We don't see that now. But we will see it at that point in time. And that's God's purpose. That's God's purpose for His righteousness and His justice to be known here. Because righteousness and justice have to be satisfied before love can go out. Okay? Who satisfied the righteousness and justice of God? Jesus Christ on the cross. He satisfied God's righteousness because He was righteous. He never committed one sin. Now, so God's purpose is thy will, uh, the kingdom is coming, and thy will be done on earth. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, he says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this, be washed in your thinking. Have your mind be washed by the washing of the word. Why? It says so that you can prove what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. How do we know what God's will is? We have our mind washed in this word. There is a famine for the word of God today. It's very sad. I mean, I, I should admit this, but I can remember almost every word from the Beatles songs. You, remember, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, you know, people can remember a lot of things, but boy, you ask them, hey, listen, tell me your favorite verse in the book of Hebrews. And they're like, hmm, uh, God helps those who help themselves? I don't think so. God's person is the first important component of this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's purpose is the second thing. Your kingdom is coming. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, the third purpose is this, is God's provision. God says he'll provide for us. It says, give us today our daily bread. And what do we worry what do we worry about? We worry about our daily bread, don't we? We worry about our children, or we worry about our parents or our relationships. We worry about our health. We worry about all kinds of things. 
Just look over a couple columns to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Let me read it to you, okay? It says this. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now, this is not a suggestion, okay? This is in the imperative mood in the Greek. It means this is a command. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Now, you know for a fact I don't worry about what I wear. <laughs> because I'm generally a fashion faux pas. Okay? <laughs> Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He gives us a couple of examples here. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's a rhetorical question. Are you not much more valuable than they? It demands a yes answer. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Let me rephrase that. Who of you by worrying can deduct a single day from your life? Stress has proven to be a killer. And you know, we just, we have to learn how to not stress out. I've heard people say, well, I don't watch the news. I don't blame them. I watch the news because I want to know what's happening so I can tell you, okay? You know, I, I have two kids. I have five grandkids, which is really amazing for a guy that's only 30. But, <laughs> but, you know, am I concerned about them knowing the Lord? Yes, I am, of course. Do I pray for them on a daily basis? Yes, I do. And I have to leave them in God's hands. We have to leave the things of our life in God's hands. We are His children. He's going to take care of us. Amen. He goes on. He says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, which was the richest person on the face of the earth, during that time, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he ends it here with a conclusion. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Are you with me on this? Seek first the kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a promise. That's a promise you can take at the bank. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Point number one, God's person. Point number two, God's purpose. Point number three, God's provision. Give us today our daily bread. Point number four, which is very important, is God's pardon. He says this, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now that's probably a sentence that many people would like to strike out of that particular prayer. You know why? Because they haven't forgiven their debtors. We are to forgive each other. The Bible says we're to love God first and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you do these two commandments, you've kept all the other 613 commandments that are in the Word of God. Certainly the Ten Commandments. If I love God and I love my neighbor, well, I'm not going to go out and steal his brand new diesel Ford four-wheel drive pickup that I really lust after. <laughs> I'm not going to make goo-goo eyes at his wife, right? I, yeah, I mean, do you get it? It's a what? Well, I didn't hear that. It's a Ford, yes. Found on road dead. <coughs> Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom is coming. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wow. 1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My advice to myself and to you is keep a short list. Okay, Just keep a short list. That's what we need to do. The fifth point is God's protection. It says this, and lead us not into temptation. This word in the Greek is parasmos. It means putting to a proof. Basically, it means testing. Putting to a proof, scrutinizing. It also means to tempt or entice. In this context, it can't mean tempt. Why? Because in James it says, God does not tempt anybody, right? So, he's not going to lead us into temptation. God... God wants to try to help us to avoid temptation. He says, flee from evil. Put it away from you. So this has got to be testing. He says this, and lead us not into testing, but deliver us from the evil one. Let me just quote some scriptures to you. You don't have to turn to them. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, The Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. You know... God never, never is surprised or shaken up at the trials that come to us. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that, Roy. Wow, that caught me by surprise. No, God knows every test, every trial we're going to face. And you know what it says in the book of Corinthians? It says that God will never let you be tested or tempted above that what you're able to bear. That's good news. Even though a test or a temptation comes my way, your way, and we think, oh man, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. How many of you in your life have had a test or temptation where you thought to yourself, I don't think I can get through this? Raise your hand. Pretty much everybody, huh? And yet, you know what? He says, with every testing... I will make a way for you to stand up under it or escape it. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus say? I am the way. Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. He's the way to stand up under, under any test or temptation. We go to Jesus and we say, sometimes I have to pray. And I say, Lord, this stuff is, is coming in my mind and I don't want it in my mind. You're going to have to help me get it out of my mind. Because I don't know about you, but my mind is a circular thing that sometimes just I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to be where it is. Hebrews 2.18 says this. Because he, that would be Jesus, himself suffered when he was tempted or tested, he is able to help those who are being tested. See, Jesus Christ went through the test. He already knows what it's like. He can help us to go through the test. I just quoted to you 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation or test has seized you except what is common to man. Nobody knows <laughs> the troubles that I've seen. You know what? Yes, they do. Yes, they do know the troubles you've seen. It says no testing or temptation is... You, is coming to you what is not common to man. Alright? We all go through similar things at various times. He says this, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear, but when you are tested, you notice it says when. Doesn't say if. It says when. When you are tested or tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Point number five is God's protection. God will always protect us. Last point is God's preeminence. Point number six. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. Amen means so be it. Let me read Psalm 95, 3-7. to 
uh, to you. Just just relax and listen. It's really beautiful. Psalm 95, and I'm just going to read, uh, starting chapter 1, starting verse 1. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us meet, kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock of his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Yeah. I'm going to read one more scripture to you out of Isaiah. This, it's just, it's so beautiful that it, it, it's Jesus' um, attitude. Listen to this, because this is what Jesus was thinking, okay? What he was going through in his mind when he was going through the trials he went the actual trials he went through. This is Psalm chap, or Isaiah chapter 50, starting at verse 5. Here's what it says. Listen to this. Put this in the mind of Jesus Christ and then relate it to yourself. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears, and I have not been rebellious. I and I have not drawn back. We don't turn around and run when trials hit us. The best thing to do is to face it head on. Moses, when they were about ready to kill him, he went to the Lord and he said, God, he says, what am I supposed to do with these people? They are ready to stone me. And you know what God said? Get out in front of them. I don't think that was the answer he expected, but that's what he told him. Get out in front of it. We're not to be fearing. He says this, I offered my back to those who beat me. My cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Wow. You know, what a blessed Savior we have. So I'm going to repeat to you the six components of this prayer. Our Father, which is in heaven, that's God's person. Sacred is your name. God's purpose. Let me get back to Matthew chapter 6 again. God's purpose is that His will be done in heaven, on earth, as it is in heaven. And let me rephrase that a little bit. His will is for us to do His will just as it is done in heaven. Okay? The third thing is God's provision. Give us today our daily bread. God will always provide for us. He always will. That's why you'll never hear me begging you for money in this church. Because you know what? If we don't have enough money to pay the bills, then apparently God wants us to quit and do something else. And you know what? I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I don't think that's God's will. The fourth thing is God's pardon. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Please, my friends, please. If there's anyone in your life that you have not forgiven for something, forgive them. Even if they don't receive it from you, forgive them. Because what it will do is it will heal your heart. It will heal your heart. God will have to work in their heart if they don't receive that forgiveness. God's protection 
Lead us not into temptation or testing, but deliver us from the evil one. And God's preeminence for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Pray with me, would you? Dear Father in heaven, Please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to forgive others. Help me through my trials. I will give you glory and honor and power. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you about a miracle just happened. It's 2 to 12. Uh, huh? I'm going to ask you to I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand your feet if you're able and look in your hymnal. 191, and uh, if you're here today and you're interested in joining our church, our pastors are here at the front, and you're welcome to come up after the service, and uh, we'll get you a packet where you can join our church. If you're here and you've never received Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, uh, you can come forward to that too. We'll tell you all about our Jesus, and we'll pray with you, and we'll help you pray down into your heart. So, in your hymnal 191, this just goes perfect with the message this morning, right, brother? Mm -hmm. It says, Father, I adore you. It goes like this. Let's sing it together. Father, I adore you. I lay